reading from Mark chapter 2, verses 23 to 28, and then on to chapter 3. Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the cornfields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some ears of corn. The Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat, and he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Jesus heals on the Sabbath. Another time, Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill. But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Thanks be to God. Good morning. We, are you, um, I'm Nick Cooper, and um, I've been asked to speak on Sabbath and how the Sabbath works and what we do on the Sabbath. But I want to back up a little bit um, <clears throat> before we do that and uh, have a look at how, where, where we've come to this point. So we've been following a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and I'm not a great book reader, so I, I listened to it on Audible to catch up with it. And I wanted to think, well, where's this guy going with this book? And, um, okay, he wants to get rid of hurry. And then I read the title again before I read the book and tried to understand him. And it's called The Elimination of Hurry. It's not just getting rid of it. It's The Elimination of Hurry. Then I read the title again, and it's not just The Elimination. It's The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I thought, oh, I feel tired already before I've even read the book. The book wasn't called A Gentle Meander into Tranquility. It was called The Ruthless Elimination of Hope. So anyway, we, we're looking at Sabbath. And Sabbath is all about rest. The key verse that the, the, the guy keeps coming back to is this verse. And I'll read it again. It's, it's from Matthew chapter 11. It says, Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. And I thought, well, I thought, well okay, that's really... Uh, Encouraging to hear. Now, who's Jesus talking to? A few sentences, paragraphs earlier, Jesus says this. And to you, people of Capernaum, will you be honoured in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. For if the miracles 
I did for you had been done to wicked Sodom, it would still be here today. I tell you, <clears throat> even Sodom will be better off on judgment day than you. But come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest, says Jesus. Take my yoke upon you. So the, uh, the, what Jesus is trying to say is be set free from the angst of this way of life and follow this way of life. Allow me to give you my salvation so that you take on my burden, which is light, my yoke, which is easy. Not what the world is trying to give you, what the consequences on the last day will be, but take on my yoke. God doesn't just save us out of some of these things. He saves us into a life everlasting, a life that he wants us to live. And some of the disciplines and practices that we've been looking at over the last few weeks aren't there to be another thing that we have to do, but are there to be a liberating thing. Do these things. The reading we've just listened to said that Sabbath is there for people. Not people to keep the Sabbath. It's a gift. It's something for you to enjoy, to have something with. And we're going to uh, look in a little bit about what that means or what it looks like. If you go back to, uh, either you can follow in your Bibles or flick on your phones um, <clears throat> or uh, just listen. So I'm going back to, you know, forward to Hebrews chapter 4. And it says this. Now, if Joshua has succeeded in giving them rest, i.e. taking people into the promised land in the Old Testament, God would have not spoken about another day of rest that will come. So there is a special Sabbath rest, if you read the footnote for that version as well, still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. <clears throat> and then verse 14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest is, um, of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings that we do, and yet he did not sin. So, let us come boldly to God, to his throne of grace, where you will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it. How do we approach God? We approach God boldly, with confidence, because of what he has done for us. He has made a way that we can come to him. And it's not just a day of rest in terms of Sabbath. But it's a life of rest. As when we become Christians, so my first question this morning is, have you become a Christian? Have you had a moment when you've put Jesus as Lord of your life and accepted him as Savior and entered into a life of rest? When you don't have to worry and be anxious and set free from all the other things that are going on. Because God calls us to be his children. Calls us to be in relationship with him. And uh, if you're watching uh, online at the moment, uh, the cameras are just going to go off 
and for a reason that you will find obvious in a moment. Because <coughs> I went to a party in church a week ago, and it was an adoption party. And it was because this little chap here was adopted. And in the Bible... <coughs> that's for you, by the way, not me, okay? In the Bible, God uses the picture of adoption as a picture of becoming a Christian, that we weren't adopted, that we were in one family, living one way, and God calls us and adopts us into his family. He sets us free from the reason that we needed to be adopted, or the reason that you, maybe you needed adoption, I don't really know. But he calls not just out of, but into a new way of life. And suppose someone turned up at mum and dad's front door, said, actually, we want this baby. And they would say, no, we have paperwork, we have courts, we have police, we have human rights backing us up, because this little chap here is now theirs. They have adopted him. And that's the same thing that Paul uses in the Bible. It's the same legal framework, documents, that talks about when we become Christians and we come into God's family, it's a legal thing. <laughs> that we have been adopted. God has chosen us. We are his. Yes, we mess up from time to time, and that's what repentance and confession and all that stuff's about. It doesn't change our salvation. It doesn't change the fact that we are adopted into his family, made sons and daughters and heirs of God's grace. And the invitation for us is to receive that once and for all when we become a Christian and then receive it day by day in our discipleship. Now, my question for you is, what would your aspirations be for this little chap? Just shout out some stuff. What would you like for him in his life? Peace. Love. Security, yeah. Happiness, grace. Acceptance. Hope. Salvation, thank you. Purpose. Now just imagine, this is in our, in our fallen humanness. This is what we desire for this little gorgeous chap. How much more in his perfection does God desire for us? That we are to take on his burden, his yoke, which is light, because he wants to set us free and into a Sabbath way of life. Thank you very much for lending me your chant. That's God's desire for us to have those things, to be what our heart yearns for this little chap is what God's heart yearns for us. That total and unescapable acceptance that we would have on him is that acceptance that God has. And so he says, Sabbath, take a rest, take a day each week, when you remind yourself and you enter into my rest again. So God rested in creation, we heard in Hebrews. And then creation is supposed to rest every seven days, every seven years, sorry, 
they would allow a field to re- restore and come back to life. And we are called into all of that. It, it's a command. We've got the Ten Commandments on the wall at the back here. It's top four. If this was Premier League, it would be going into Europe next year. It's a biggie. Take a day each week. And what are we supposed to do with that day? It's for you. As we heard from Mark's Gospel, that the Sabbath is for people, not people for the Sabbath. It's a gift for you to be refreshed. To be refreshed spiritually, but also mentally, physically, whatever. So my question is, what refreshes you? What revives you? What brings you alive? Not just you go through life surviving, but what enhances your life spiritually and physically and everything else? So it's not just about a day off. It's not about coping and getting through. It's about what releases you into new things, to be who God created you to be. I've got some things down here. Maybe on your day off, you want to be creative, artistic, Maybe on the day off, you want to be in the garden. Maybe you've had enough of the world and you just want to be on your own. Maybe you come alive when you're with other people and you find that refreshing. Maybe it's sporting stuff that you want to go and break your collarbone on a mountain bike or whatever it might be. Or maybe it's corporate worship somewhere that you would want to um, be with God's people in that Way. Maybe it's just some private study on your own. But it's what gives to you. I want to just talk about church leaders. And I don't mean paid church leaders. They should be sorting their own day off out every week. But the rest of us who are involved in youth work like I am or the tea and coffee rotors or the finance committee, PCC, whatever... Um, you do, is how, if you're coming to church on Sunday, that might not be relaxing. It might not be a day. First of all, I want to say thank you for what you do in church life. In church runs because people do stuff. So thank you very much for doing that. But it might be that you need to continue to come and continue to enjoy church life. But it might be if you're talking about Sabbath and that whole uh, Hebrew was a sort of 24-hour thing from tea time one time to tea time the next day it might not involve you might not count coming to church here as as relaxing time off you might think of it as work and that's fine as well if you want to put that down as service to the church and service to other people but make sure you get sabbath somewhere else make sure you find something that refreshes your spirit and refreshes your body mentally or physically that would be great And so finally, what helps you when we're doing these things? So firstly, I'll ask this question, is have you become a Christian? Have you entered God's rest? Have you been adopted into God's family? Do you know that security that you are yours, you are his and he is yours? And then secondly, is there something this morning that you think, actually, maybe I'm getting a bit stale. Maybe I am um, needing something to look at in terms of Sabbath and how we do that. 
So I'm just going to take a moment for you to think and to just ask God, is, is there a way, is there, it might be that everything's great, you don't need to tweak anything, but is there a tweak? Is there something I could do that God wants me to enhance my life spiritually, enhance my life physically? Let's just take a moment. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would come and just inspire us. Bring to our minds the thoughts that you have and the ways that we can know you more.